morning, Antioch Community Church. For those of you that are new, I'm Mark Buckner. I'm the pastor. And today we're beginning a new series based out of Luke 8, 9, and 10. That we're calling Going Deep with Jesus, Turning Our Backs on Shallow Christianity. In these COVID times, we're being pressed more than ever before. It's good for us to comfort one another, encourage one another, but each one of us needs a depth with Jesus that we've never had before if we're going to persevere and grow in this season. Luke 8, 9, and 10 fit the word that we're sensing that uh, from the Holy Spirit right now. And in these chapters, Jesus' words are in red. There's It's him speaking most of this, and he's saying, there are tests that we are going to go through. There are things that are going to happen in our lives. You're going to be challenged, and you have to go deeper. You're going to have to walk through some things to really get to where God wants you. So today I'm going to speak specifically out of a parable in chapter 8. It's called the parable of the sower. It's not the parable of the dirt. It's about God's heart and character. And what this parable reveals to us about God is that he longs to give us his word to produce his spirit and character in increasing amounts in our lives. But there are things that block this process if you allow them. So that's the basic message that I'm sharing today. God's throwing his seed out there everywhere. He's generous. He's lavish with his seed. But there's... uh, many challenges that come to us in the process of his word producing fruit in our lives. So this is not about the ground, but about the word. The sower sows the word. This is how the word works. So we're not trying to figure out if you're hard ground or you're fertile ground. We, that we believe this ground can be changed and developed and produce fruit. And so we're not stuck. We can progress. Where are we? We're in Luke chapter 8, right at the first verse. And it says uh, that Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. So he's in the second year of his ministry. And there are big crowds, lots of public appearances, and lots of travel. This looks like a bus full of people. His disciples are here. There's a group of women that are uh, supporting his ministry, it says, and many others that are following, going around, and crowds are coming out of the cities, and he's speaking in each one of these different places. And he told the same story in several towns. Some people wonder why Mark 4, Luke 8, different passages of the Gospels don't line up exactly. Well, it's because Jesus said the same thing again and again in many different places and in different ways. He he contextualized it to the people that were in the group right there. So they're referring to different stories sometimes. That's why there's a variation in the words. So then, with this crowd listening, Jesus begins to tell the story that's very applicable to their environment. He says, there's a farmer going out to sow his seed. He throws in all these different places, and some places 
It's eaten up immediately by birds. Another place it grows up in some thorns and it's choked. And another place it finds good ground and it's just uh, produces fruit that God intends for it. Jesus uh, then finishes his story and his disciples say, what was that about? And Jesus says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you in the 10th verse. But to others I speak in parables so that those seeing they may not see and though hearing they may not understand. So why would Jesus speak in mysteries? Why would he not be more direct with everyone? One of the intents of a parable is to measure hunger. Jesus was looking for people that were hungry to hear his words. This is a really important principle as we walk out in the world. We're looking for hungry people. We're not looking for people to argue with. We're looking for people where God is working in their hearts. And we want to be those people. So Jesus explains the parable. And he basically again says that God's purpose in giving us his word is to produce his spirit and character in increasing amounts in our lives. But there are things that will block this if you allow them. Verse 11 says, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word. This is the word of salvation. It's the word of any teaching out of the Bible. It's the revelation of God that was written down, that was given to Moses, that was given to David, that was given to the prophets, that was given to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that was given to Paul and the other New Testament writers. This word is what God has given us. It's precious. It's so valuable. It's a revelation that will produce the character of God in our lives. Now, what are some of the reasons why this word does not produce fruit? Number one, the word will always be challenged. Verse 12, those along the path are the ones who hear then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Anytime the gospel is shared, anytime you begin to pursue the word, there is going to be a challenge. We live in an atmosphere that is spiritual and there is warfare related to this. If you're, going, if you're not aware of who the liar is, then the word's not going to produce fruit in your life. If you are judging God's word instead of letting it judge you, then you are not going to produce the fruit of God's word. Next, if you don't get deep roots in God's word, then you will fall away. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Many people attend church because they want to be a part of a group. They're looking for a social environment. They don't want to be alone. But if they are tested in any way by their parents, old friends who don't like what's happening, or if they're challenged to make a sacrifice, <clears throat> Uh, by the Lord, if they have an issue of sin that's challenging their life, then they ghost the believing community. They disappear. They fall away. 
If you have shallow motives for this whole Christian thing, you will fall away. If you're only here because your parents brought you, you will fall away. You need a personal revelation of Jesus from his word. Then Jesus says, the word can be choked. It can lose its power. You pull away from the power source of God, just like unplugging from the wall, this power cord from the wall. If you plug it into the power source, amazing things happen. Our devices turn on. But if you take it out and your battery wears down, nothing happens. In what ways do you unplug from the power source of God's word? Jesus refers to three specific things. Verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. So if your short-term desires for emotional peace, for deep relationships, for money or success take first place in your life. Now, these are not bad things. Money is not evil. It is a route where evil can come out of if you prioritize it, if you put it as the as the most important thing of your life. Uh, but it's not evil. And <clears throat> God has emotional peace for us. But if everything we're doing is about putting that first place, then you're going to choke and make ineffective the Word of God. Let's look at these different things. So, so basically, in, in one explanation of what sin is, sin is believing that your needs can be met apart from relationship with God. And the problem with that is whenever you put that need as first place, it becomes your God instead of the one who created you and understands you. Number one, worry. So God's word is saying, I am with you always. So your worry is, I'm going to be alone. I'm, I'm not going to have the relationship that I want. I, uh, my my uh, life is going to be isolated. The Word of God says in Psalm 68, 5 and 6, God is a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. Matthew 28, I just referenced, I am with you always, Jesus says. But if you turn to fear, God's not going to meet my deepest needs. He doesn't understand what's going on in my life. If you turn to fear instead of God's word, you are pulling away from the power source. Financial pressures. Jesus, what does he say in his word? Jesus says, look at the birds of the air in Matthew 6, verse 26. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, not, are you not much more valuable than they? You need to be diligent and wise. You need even more, though, to plug into a deep relationship with God and trust that He knows your needs. I'm saying needs, not wants. There's an old 
song in the 60s. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. <clears throat> okay. Uh, great song. You can look that one up. It's a funny thing saying, basically, God, I want this, 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 and this, and this. And God will meet our needs. And many times, ex extravagantly above that. But again, this is priority thing. If you're looking for a thing, if your security and your safety and your emotional life is all based in a possession, it will pull you around. It will tease you. It will torment you. Instead of... <clears throat> so in contrast to that, God is the one who meets your needs and He is faithful. God will lead you through times where things you are getting security from will be taken away. Not because he doesn't love you, but because he knows that if you replace him with these things, you have no relationship. Then the, the next thing, he says pleasures. These chokes the word. God has given us so much to enjoy, but if you're longing for more and more and more is what has taken over your life, you're never satisfied. Lust for people and things only creates a deeper empty place with each passing day. Like any addiction, there's short-term pleasure, but it's quickly followed by ever-increasing emptiness. <laughs> you know, it just, it's just think about how quickly the empty feeling comes after you have this experience or after you acquire that possession, it will not produce long-term peace. Pornography, sexual addictions, substance abuse are all examples of pulling away <laughs> from God's power source and sticking it in something that has no real power. Are you putting the power cord, as it says in, in one passage in Matthew, that uh, in the building your house on sand instead of on the rock, which is the revelation of Jesus, God's word? <clears throat> if you're doing that, then you're, you're not getting any power. You're not getting any substance. Finally, Jesus ends the explanation of the parable by emphasizing God's heart. So here it is. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. God's goal is fruitfulness, abundant fruitfulness in your life. 30, 60, 100 fold, as it says in, in Mark chapter 4. And his purpose in sowing his word in your life is to produce his character and the power of his spirit and his presence in increasing amounts. And out of that, all these other things are added to you. You don't have to worry about them. You don't have to search for them and grasp for them because they're coming out of relationship with God. So I want to ask you a few questions right now. At 11.45, we're going to join back together, and, and uh, 
uh, and pray, but I, I want you to bring in that time or take some time alone right now and, uh, and to think about a couple of things. Um, this is a little bit of an advertisement right now. I believe if you want roots, you need to study the Bible. And <clears throat> we are starting a Bible study. Clark Zonbrecker's leading out at 8.30 to 9.30 uh, on Sunday mornings. This is an excellent teaching with videos and books. I've got a copy of one of them right here. <clears throat> it's based on this book by Gordon Fee and all con directly connected to that. It's, it's part of this his organization. And it's, it's excellent. So it's how to study the Bible, how to read it, and uh, for all it's worth. So this is high quality. You need a plan to, to grow in God's Word. Now you also may be asking, I'm praying, why isn't this happening? I'm asking God, but this is not happening, I'm stuck. Well, based on this parable, the question is, what in your life, not in God's heart, but what in your life is blocking God's Word from bearing fruit. Is it a lack of root in God's word? Is it worry? Is it the pursuit of finances? Is it uh, this pursuit of lust for pleasures? Is it fear that your needs are not going to be met? Fear that you'll be alone? You're investing your energy in believing lies instead of God's word? God cares about your needs. But ultimately... He is more interested in reproducing a revelation of himself in your life. So, <clears throat> last thing, a question for you to reflect on. How have the stresses of these COVID days affected your relationships with your spouse, with your closest friends, with your family? Are you more forgiving than last year? Are you walking in greater peace? Are you more teachable? You are being tested. You are being presented challenges so that the Word will produce more fruit abundantly in your life. Amen. <laughs> wow. I just feel this so strongly. So I, I'm praying that God's word would grow in you. Bless you.